And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I'm your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Iggy, and joining me is Ace Pilot of the Adriatic Sea, Tyler! I'm, I don't have any flying puns prepared, I only have pagan uh, uh, plane puns on hand, Love sorry. Alright, well hey everybody, it is now time for a very special 50th episode of... Cinema shot, everybody, uh, and fitting with how it ties up with this movie. I don't know what the significance is, but I think it's, I think it's pretty, pretty great. Um, we are here to finally watch and give our thoughts on Porco Rosso. Uh, if you have not seen this movie, you have probably seen the meme, the meme of, I may, I'd rather be a pig than a fascist. Um, that's especially <laughs> within the past six years, you've probably have seen it. So, Tyler, besides that meme, have you had any experience with uh, Porro, uh, Porro Rosco? I have not seen anything of uh, this movie uh, outside of uh, the general meme of of what you just said. Um, although I do have a brother-in-law who's um, basically uh, engorged himself in a few Ghibli movies, and this is one of the first ones that he's seen, and I'm pretty sure he's excited for this review. Awesome. Yeah, same. I've seen this before. I didn't know what it was about. I couldn't. I thought it was like based on for like, oh, he's probably like a pervert or something, you know, because it's the pig character, and he's not. But we'll talk about uh, uh, Poro as a character later. Um, so let's go ahead and break it down. Uh, this is uh, Kure. Uh, by the way, its Japanese title is Kurenai no Buta, which is uh, Crimson Pig. Which that sounds. That sounds so cool. Um, both names, I think, work. Also, Pocoroso uh, is Italian for Crimson Pig as well, uh, so cr- completely fitting. Cr- Crimson, that's nice. Uh, so this was directed by Hayao Miyazaki, of course, screenplay by Hayao Miyazaki, and it's based on a 15-page manga by Hayao Miyazaki, which is titled Hikotai Jidai. Um, I, I didn't know this, but um, and it's basically about like model planes and shit. Um, uh, this was released in July, uh, 18th, 1982. So we just passed, uh, Puerto Rosco's 30th anniversary, which is so fitting. Um, at a budget of 9.2, 2.8 billion yen and a box office of approximately $44.6 million. I don't know what that is in yen. And our cast, I believe we watched the, um, the Walt Disney release, which now that I, I was like, I know who Poro Rosco is, but I didn't want to look it up. And I was right. So for our cast, uh, Poro Rosco slash Marco, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm just going to call him Marco. Um, uh, is voiced by Michael Keaton, Batman himself. Uh, I'm big man. Which you can tell based on certain like uh, uh, afflections like that. Um that's something. And then joining us next is Carrie Ellis is playing Donald Curtis. Kimberly Williams Paisley is Fio uh, Piccolo. And Susan Egan is uh, Madame Gina. Mr. Piccolo is played by David Ogden Steers, who is a legendary, legendary actor. I've heard his name 
several times. And there's a couple of other uh, bit characters. Frank Wilker's in here. Kevin Michael Richardson's in Bill here. Bill Fagerbake, uh, Tom Kenny, Frank Welker, yeah. Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah. So there's some big voice actors yeah, here. Yeah, for like, for like the pirates and everything like that, which I recognize. I, I recognize Kevin Michael Richardson. Of course, Frank Welker's the man of a thousand voices, but like it, it was nice to hear his. Nice to hear Kevin Michael Richardson. May he uh, rest, uh, uh, rest in peace. Um, no, he's not dead. No. No, he isn't. Okay, it's somebody else I'm thinking of. But very, very, um, you recognize these voices. I'm sorry. So, what is this movie about? Uh, Porro Porco Rosso, uh, the Crimson Pig. Well, it turns out it is a historical piece, kinda. Um, as Porro Rosco is basically about this guy whose name is Porro Rosco for not his real name, but his name given to him. Uh, are given to him, or I, I, I don't. I, it's not really clear if he's if he calls himself that, or if like that's just what the community started. I'm pretty sure it's an alias, kind of like how um, they call Tony Stark Iron Man. Okay, and he is pretty much a bounty hunter, uh, like in the night or, or like the late 1920s, like right around 1930, um, and pretty much is a was a ace Italian fighter pilot in World War One. Um, and pretty much he is, like, living on an island by himself, taking in bounties to fight off sky pirates, while also having a will-they-won't-they relationship with his uh, long-term friend, uh, Gina, who is the owner of the hotel, uh, I believe is Hotel Adriano, you gotta, you gotta pronounce it like that, Hotel Adriano, uh, which is a beautiful hotel off the Italian coast side. Uh, meanwhile, the, the subplot is that... We have this American Donald Curtis coming in to assist this guy. The most stereotypical American name ever. Donald Curtis, yes. Um, uh, Donald Donald Curtis is brought in to help take down Puerto Rosco uh, because the Sky Pirate. The Sky Pirate. Okay, we'll talk about the Sky Pirates. I don't want to make the analogy, the Batman analogy, just yet. But um, <laughs> uh, they they brought him in, and unfortunately, it does lead to bad times for Puerto Rosco. And then we meet. Hit this, uh, he's he needs to get a new plane, and he goes to his old uh, stopping grounds, uh, Italy. Even though apparently he's not allowed there anymore for reasons we'll get talked into. And uh, after much begging by um, the girl Fio Piccolo, uh, she uh, he he reluctantly agrees to let her and a whole bunch of women build his plane and basically try to reclaim his life and getting a rematch with Curtis. That is pretty much the plot of the movie, would you say? Yeah, that's pretty much the long and short of it. So, what I love about this movie, first off, is how it's pretty much a love letter to, like, airplanes, planes design, design, aerial combat. Like, it's just one big love letter to that kind of movie making. Yeah, this is a big giant nod to the Flyboys of that time period, and it's something that isn't really appreciated that much these days. No, like the closest you get, like at least of the modern era, is like Top Gun in the not the even the new one, but the old one when they're in fighter jets. But you know, I like back in like probably when our grandparents were young, they could name fighter pilots, and you know, um, I mean, Green Lantern was a fighter pilot because that was the thing to be. Um, they were like. They were, they were like the, the idea of the ace pilot, you know, it was something that, that took harrowing skill and courage, uh, to be, um, and this is sort of like, like just to give some pictorial context, like even though this is not directly our world, it's definitely happening like 
events. So they they reference World War One. They 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 even reference the rise of, of of fascism in Europe, like very subtly in this movie. Like it's not so subtle, but if you're not paying attention, you're gonna miss it. Um, but really, it was the dawn of World War One that rose aerial combat because before that. Aerial combat had the, the the concept of flying in a plane had not been around for even ten years at that point. I don't think, because um, the Wright brothers invented flying in what the late nineteenth century, I think, like the the flying machine. Yeah, that sounds about right. So like like around around nineteen hundred. Yeah, somewhere around that early time frame. either late nineteenth century, or early twentieth century. Some of the, some like this we could look it up, but I don't want to. Um, and so... I think it was 1902. It was 1902, so it would be early 20th century. Which that would mean... And World War II, World War One was like 19, 1917, 1915. Um, so it's not... And already we're in using it as a weapon of war. How fitting how we turn everything that could be beautiful. But none of that matters because this movie is like... If you love flying, if you love the idea of planes and just being in the air and... Just taking this movie's for you. Like, Jesus Christ, I was in love with this movie. Like, we've seen uh, how graceful uh, Flying Through the Sky is in other Ghibli movies, like uh, Castle in the Sky and Kiki's Delivery Service, mm-hmm. but this one goes the extra mile by uh, actually incorporating uh, dogfighting into it, which is a nice added touch. Right, and it's almost as if, like, very much how like in before 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 space pirate like not space pirates before like fighter pilots became like the thing kids wanted to be it was pirates pirates were like the huge thing and like i love the way they have both the sky pirates and they have curtis and porco talk about how like the sky is this romantic thing this sh- this ship that i have is my most precious thing i really like the emphasis on that like this is this is everything that matters to me yeah, to to the sky pirates and uh, sky pilots in general, uh, the sea is pretty much sh- uh, the the sky is pretty much just an uncharted sea that they can uh, freely roam upon. Right, and I think that's pretty cool. Exactly, it, it, there's like it's like like a lot of kids would tell you flying is their favorite one. Like if you could have any power in the world, what would it be? And for me, it was always flying because just that 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 freedom that like that that especially how like these are old school biplanes where like you have the two. You have the wings on the top, and then you have the, the, the I don't know what to call them, the connectors in the middle, and then you have the planes on the bottom. Um, very, I I know this, like, I love how they are definitely, like, it's not accurate to how the ships were, but this is like a more hyper stick on it. I like how they looked functional, but also still looked extravagant with their different colors, different gun placements, and stuff like that. I really like the look of this pl- of the planes in this movie. Yeah, it really adds to the mysticism. Except the only one that was like I was considered like the least, the most boring was the American one, which yeah. is Curtis's plane. That would look the most basic. Yeah, which is just like it's probably you know not. I mean, the whole movie is like you know stupid, like like not all the time, but there's occasional digs at Curtis for being an American, which is fitting because Europeans hate us. Um, to be fair, there's a lot. There's a there's yeah. a lot to that. Um, but let's talk about the main characters. Let's talk about Podorosco as voiced by Michael Keaton. I, did you assume he was going to be a pervert coming into this? Um, I kind of assumed he did, but, um, the more that we see him interacting with all the women in this movie, uh, I'm more and more convinced that he really isn't. He's just more of a, he just has kind of a different opinion on women altogether. Yeah. Um, 
compared to what you initially think what he does. Right, because he's a pig. So the the stereotype would be that, like, oh, he's a pig, and then he must um, a womanizer. And even then, like, it it doesn't help that when you first see him, there's, like, a whole bunch of... He flies by a whole bunch of women, and they're like, oh, poor Roscoe! And he's like, you know, like, of course he would have women all over him, but it's... He doesn't want that. Um, Dude, I swear to God, like, they, they... Like, this... He... Okay, Michael Keaton was cast as this, and it doesn't say when this was... At least in the casting, um, uh, but like he's almost playing a version of like basically his '89 Batman role, where he's this secluded, not billionaire, but like secluded hero who comes out when he's needed and has a woman who he can't leave for because of what he has to do. Um, oh my God, it is the Batman. By the way, I will I will tell you this: this is not this this is not the first time a Batman actor will be cast twice in the Ghibli movie with the exact same fucking scenario. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this happens again in, in like in about ten years when we get to uh, the 2000s era. But Ooh. I do love his demeanor because he has that like I don't care attitude, just get it done. But he's a little sexist. But I'm like, you know, that's just because I think it's like the time period. But I think it's played off comically to where it's fine. Yeah. Like, I think I don't think it's offensive. No. Like, uh, aside from other sexist characters and other meetings. Right. My favorite is when Mr. Piccolo is introducing all his family and, you know, like, like, into, like, oh, this is my, this is my stepdaughter or this is my sister-in-law. These are my, these are my cousin. And, like, over and over again, uh, I thought, and, like, they're going to help build the plane and he meets the, uh, the, the 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 old hags as they're called and it's like oh how you been you're still alive you know I I, I love that moment where he meets them that was so great that's that scene is actually a nod to um, the actual in production uh, of this very movie because apparently uh, the animation was a bit strained so uh, Miyazaki hired a bunch of women to do the animation for oh, it. oh wow and it's kind of uh, mirrored in this scene that's really cool um, and yeah the women like. The women do like they they they're helping painting, they're helping assembling it, and um, it's it's a really cool scene. It's something like, you know, you could say like like again, oh, movies have been woke, or whatever, stuff like that. Like, no, dude, it's always been there. You just never pay attention. But I, I did love it. It was great for comedic effect and everything, and they did a great job building a plane. Um, what I love about, but also there's a sad, there's a tragic side to to Portico that we have to talk about. Yep. Um, so you may, oddly enough, they only, I was like, are they, just, are they going to not address that he's a pig? And they do, but it's never treated as something that's not normal at all. It's just what it is. Yeah. Um, and it turns out for some, he was like, and it's, and it's, I love that it's a throwaway line because it's not supposed to be, the plot of the movie is not supposed to be what happened to Porco Rosco and getting him back. The plot of the movie is... Um, you know, settling his debts in, uh, with with uh, Mr. Piccolo and finish in his rematch with Curtis. Um, but I love that there's a tragedy between him, his curse, and then Gina, who we'll talk about in a moment, uh, the owner of the Hotel de uh, Ariano, Adriano, eh. Adriano. Adriano. I I love like because at first initially Porco Porco kind of seems kind of basic, kind of. You know, like like what would ha- what would become the like what would like the Han Solo type, the gruff exterior but heart of gold kind of character. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but 
the moment I think my one of my favorite parts in this movie is when he is with Fio and they're it's before the big fight with him and Donald and he asks she asks her to tell a story and he tells a story about a dogfight incident that happened a dogfighting uh with it had to be the German army right because of the crosses I think um yeah, it seems. I right. can't remember who, because I know Germany was like at war with everybody in World War One, but I can't remember what it, what side Italy was on, if they were on the Allies or not. Um, I know more about World War Two than I do World War One, but um, there's a great moment where he basically t- tells Fia that he had a near life, uh, near death experience, and he goes to the clouds. He's basically cruising on top of the clouds, and then more and more ships um, are coming up, but they're not responding to him. And they're flying into, uh, like, uh, like almost seeming like like an open, uh, 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 not a hope in the sky, like a stream of stars is how I could best describe it. Yeah, it's basically a um, giant fleet of uh, airplanes just flying into the literal heavens. Yeah, it's it's really powerful because it comes out of nowhere, and you realize that, you know, like the, again, like. The game, the movie obviously talks about the Great War and references it and everything, but it, it doesn't hit you over the head with it. So when a moment like so, therefore, when a moment like this happens, you realize Porco has a lot on his mind more so than what's shown outward of his like rough, kind of flyboyish uh, exterior. Like he's an ex World War One uh, fighter pilot, but he goes out of his way to not kill any of the pilots, just shooting their engines. And this incident is a big indicator of why he does that. Or exactly, um, it's it's a it's a really good moment uh, for it. I think he's like as as a protagonist, I really like him. He was really enjoyable, and he had enough facets behind them that I was invested on in where his story would go. Yeah, he's a very interesting lead, for sure. And what I like is, in most movies... So, the movie has, a, a, like, a... It does have a relationship component, and that is with him and Gina. And they established that pretty early on, would you say? I would say so, yeah. And I, they easily, at the end of the fight with Curtis, they easily could have written it, given him a packy ending, where Porco runs into her arms, and they run off together somewhere, and that's it. But he doesn't do that, and I think I like that ending, even though it's it like it's more painful. I think that's a better ending than like going with this typical and they were happily ever after kind of ending. I think the more ambiguous ending uh, kind of works better for this film's benefit. In all honesty, right? Exactly. Um, like it's it's bittersweet, right? Because he's out there, he's living his life, but at the same time, fool, she loves you. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop being an idiot. Um, but also the the film's like, well, maybe they got to get, who knows, right? You never know. Uh, the, even the film tells you that, but we'll never tell. Yeah. But I, I do like Michael. Like, I, I think some of Michael Keaton's delivery does feel a little bit stiff sometimes, but, um, I do think overall he delivered a solid performance. Like I couldn't, I was like, it sounds familiar, but I can't pick my tail on who he is. Yeah, I, I knew it was Michael Keaton from the start. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I make the memes of uh, Pigman, um, like, the few weeks uh, before we started going into this. Ah, uh, okay. No problem. 
So let's move on to um, the one, the, the co-star, I would say, of this movie, which is uh, Fio, Fio Piccolo, um, as voiced by Kimberly Payne, Kimberly Will, uh, Williams Paisley. Um, and so initially you're thinking, okay, so you meet Gina early on, and Gina is, and we'll talk about Gina for sure, but she's very beautiful, but she's not the typical Ghibli main protagonist where... It's a more, I wouldn't say down-to-earth girl, but more rough-and-ready girl. Like, not, you know what I mean. Um, not necessarily, like, Gina is, like, she's French. She's dolled up. She's very beautiful. She's very sexy, but not crude. Um, it's, but she's not the co-star in this. She is, like, his romance. Something. Theo is the co-star of this movie, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um... As far as like uh, the one of the main driving forces for uh, Porco to actually get back on his feet after losing to uh, Donald, uh, I think Theo does a great job as a driving force to everything that goes on for the rest of the film. Yeah, she she basically has like this abundance of energy, and she just wants she wants to help him. Like she and she's a she's a genius when she come when it comes to playing. When she comes to like designing the plane and like and adjusting it, she's the tales of his song. Exa- pretty much, uh, and I think both both Porco and Fio play off each other so well. Like it's it's not an old concept, like the old gruff veteran who has seen way too much shit, and then here comes this new like ball of energy in their life, and it just reignites their life in a way they didn't expect. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I really like that. The only part I was iffy on is the fact that how old is Porco supposed to be in this movie? Like, uh, 36, I think. And how old is Fio? 17, right? So the only like, look, the only part that is like a little bit problematic is that, and it's not even from Porco's response, although like he does blush when he kisses her, but like. When any cute girl kisses you, you're going to blush. I don't care who you are unless it's your sister, in which case you need to get help. There is a hint of romantic tension, mostly from Fio's side. Um, and even up there's a point where Mr. Pickles is like, you like my you like my granddaughter? Don't touch her. And he's like, don't worry. I, I look at her and I get tired, which I'm like, okay, good. No red flag so far. Yeah, like... And, and he, like... I just found it weird that like like I I think it started I think it's mostly in Fia and I don't and I don't fault her for her emotions but like it starts off as something that's platonic I want to help you to when they get onto the island it becomes full on like not again like he doesn't re- reciprocate but she straight up has feelings for him um, in the sense that like she put like she puts herself out there because he knows. She knows that he is a good person underneath his pig exterior and that he will help her no matter what situation, including uh, making a whole bunch of pirates go, no, 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 she has a point, Um, uh, and stuff like that. But I do like her as a character, even though she did steal a kiss from him and then outright kiss him on the lips right as uh, uh, they were leaving. Um, Very interesting choices to make there. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, I I do think that having that closest between the two 
made it hurt a little bit when they when she left off with Gina. But also, again, I think it was it was a better because you, it, it, it to me it said that I cared about their relationship at the end. Yeah, I feel like um, the relationship between uh, Porco and Theo uh, really does elevate the movie. It is the it is a typical thing in Ghibli movies to have the strong main character relationships for sure. For sure. So um, yeah, the feel is definitely good. I don't feel uh, feels just just be aware that that's that's in there. In my, you might consider it problematic. I found a little bit okay, but he Porco never once does anything. It's all Theo, and it's mostly innocent, but it's there. Just putting it out there. Now Gina, on the other hand, is age appropriate. And you ever fall in love with a woman when the first time you see them, Tyler? Like, um, they introduce her very well in that she's she's at her bar or hotel bar, and she's singing in French and. What a way to introduce a character, huh? Yeah, for sure. I'd probably fall head over heels. Although, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't uh, enter a French bar in all honesty. No, you, uh, you never know. Life takes you in mysterious ways. Um, but I do like her relationship with Porco because in that one scene, that one moment when they are in uh, like sitting alone, I, I guess, atop of the bar, uh, it, like more secluded... He's just smoking a cigarette. They establish that they're friends. They establish their history, and that um, unfortunately she found out her husband was found dead in Asia or Bengal. Um, and it and it gives them a bond that the viewer can catch on to without giving you like a full backstory on what their entire history was. Yeah, it is pretty obvious that she's the only person that uh, knows that Porco is cursed to look like a pig. And uh, she is one of the few people that tries to find uh, a way to bring him back to what he used to be. Right, and he was a very but... handsome man. <laughs> Too bad about the pig curse, which we don't really need an explanation no. for, but is... It's just, it's whatever. It's just as is. Um, but I, like... I, I like Gina because initially she could be seen as this, you know, doughy-eyed, you know, um, where the man's going to save me character. And she's never put in that situation. But I like how strong she is because they mentioned that she had, is it four husbands of hers die at sea? Uh, three dead husbands, Three, three yes. die at Three die in aerial combat. And, like, for most people, that's enough. But here she is. At her bar, singing, um, putting on a show for everybody, and then, but I, I think she does it because she she realizes that she has she has Porco. He's he's there, um, and I like I, I even though it never really goes to a full on like you know relationship, I do love their their friendship because it's so endearing. Um, my favorite moment though is not between her and Porco; it's between her and Curtis. As Curtis walks in on her garden, which, by the way, shout us that she. Oh God, that whole that hotel is beautiful. I I, hope, I wonder if that place is real. That has to be a real place. Um, somewhere off the Italian. Probably inspired by a real place. Probably off the Italian coastside. Um, and Curtis has a talk with her and basically outright proposes to her. Um, 
and and he's like, oh, uh, I'm gonna go be a Hollywood star, and and then after that, I'll become the president. You could become the first lady, and she laughs in his face. Outright laughs in his. Well, I mean, it is it is a pretty funny notion. Is this that? I don't think this is the meme. Um, where it comes from? You're stupid. I like that in a man. Or is that from somewhere else? It looked very similar. Um, but uh, he calls her. He basically calls her an idiot. And says, and in the most like sweetest way possible, says that like I swore that if if the, if this one person ever came walking into my garden, I would fall head over heels for him. And then like that's when you like that's when you connect. Like oh my god, it's it's Porco. Like she's waiting for him. Um, He's a main character, of course. It's yeah, him. and it's just like so romantic. But what was the best part is that she calls him little boy. As he's walking, like, damn! You get... Gonna need some aloe vera for that, bro. Yeah, dude, like, rough shit, buddy, but hey, I don't blame you. Um, so let's talk about our main, our, not villain, but antagonist, Curtis. Um, Donald Curtis. Donald Curtis, as voiced by the legendary Carrie Ellis, which you might know as, as you wish... Lady, the great, the great dread pirate Roberts. I was just gonna say yeah. that. Dude. Well, he's also he's also a lot of things, but that's like they feel like for our generation, that's what he's known for, um, and Robin Hood too. Um, but I love him in this as like an antagonist because he just has that early twentieth century American swagger. Where like we're um yeah for sure. We're... He's definitely the cool guy, but he's also kind of a goober, right? Um. Like there's a point where Porco is first arrives at the bar, and the interview the, the 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 journalists are there to take pictures and um, interview him about his recent rescue, and he quickly just grabs them and shoves them on the chair like shut up, listen to the music okay, um, and stuff like that, and he wants to become the president of the world like like could you could they have fleshed out Curtis more yes but I like him as a foil to Por- to Porco. Yeah, it pretty much gives him a motivation to um, be a better pilot, I guess. Right, and I do that. That final fifteen minutes of the movie, which is a aerial dogfight slash boxing match, I love that because it's not about it's about one of them not killing, trying to kill each other, and 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 um and Curtis doing everything he can to just hang with with Donald, or to hang with uh, Donald doing everything he can to help hang with Porco in terms of flying skills. Um, like, and they play off each other so well, especially when, um, they both, both of their guns are jammed by happenstance, or, or, or I think Donald runs out of ammo. Donald runs out of bullets, and, um, Porco's, uh, So this is a great moment where, um... They're just chucking, just chucking each other chucking, at this point, like, until they just throw hands. They, they literally, like, fly into the, into where the, uh... The, the 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 pirate the pirates are actually hosting this betting ring, um, which I found so funny, uh, and um, the, the whole disgusting about the only thing that's uh, iffy about Donald is very much similar to Porco and Fio is that he's unlike unlike Porco who does who just outright rejects Fio or like just like I'm not into that no you're too young for me. Donald out... We don't know how old Donald's supposed to be, but he's not young. He's definitely not young. He sees Fio at first sight and go... Because, I'm, most, I'm assuming he's doing this because he feels rejected by Gina. 
and he immediately asks the 17 year old to marry him. Oh, typical Americans falling in love with every girl he sees. Every underage girl they see that's not in America. Oh, um, yeah, but luckily, and, and so much so it becomes a bet where she uses his, like, his, his gooberness. It's like, all right, I'll put, I'll marry you, but if Pork, if you beat Porco, but if Porco beats you, you have to pay off his debt, which is a lot. And, of course, the grandpa only gave him three months to pay off the loan, which is hilarious. Um, but... That boxing match, which I did not expect that to happen, was fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty much just a big old slobber knocker. They are completely even, and they beat the shit out of each other. Uh, I love how, like, the get the the. I love that the welts on their faces are so overtly cartoonishly large. It's hilarious. Reminds me of that one scene in One Piece where Vivi just uh, slaps the shit out of Usopp, and his face just becomes a giant beehive. Oh shit. Um, but, uh, I love, I love the moment where he, like, he gets jealous of Porco, and he's like, who is it, Fio or Gina? You can't have both, it's not fair! You know, you know, all that stuff, just jealous of Porco and stuff like that. But, I love that even though he wanted to take down Porco, there, there was never a sense of, I hate you, it's, it's always a matter about respect between the two. Yeah, uh, there's a camaraderie between fighter pilots, even though you're pretty much bitter enemies at that point. Yeah. Like, there's a code of honor behind that. Yeah. And I can respect that. Yeah. And, um, by the way, as I said earlier, um, there is a subtle hint to the rise of World War II, um, where Por- the Porco deserted the Italian army, and he says, I'd rather be a pig than a fascist, because if you don't know... The Italians are the ones who... The Italian dictatorship had formed under Benito Mussolini were the ones who formed the idea of, of fascism, like the fascist party and stuff like that first. And then Hitler would make it, you know, the global thing that it was. Um, and so, like, he left because he saw what a bunch of jerks the Italians were becoming, the Italian military was becoming. Um, and there's a subtle line where he's talking to, I guess, like, at, at a random bar, and like, these old couple are, are... Like, these old people are there... And he's like, um, "You should America. You should go to America." And he tells him, "No, you should be the one to really go to America." I took that as like, "Y'all may want to leave. Y'all just may want to get out of Europe for the next couple of years." Just, just, just yeah. saying. But I did not expect to love this movie as much as I did. This is amazing. Yeah, this was a really interesting film to watch. It really um, reinvigorated um, my fascination for. Um, aerodynamics uh during that time frame yeah you got you got the perfect combination of like aerodynamic uh combat amazing characters beautiful visuals as usual by ghibli and a heart-wrenching story heart-wrenching forbidden love story um and i do love that the end gives us where that pick uh, uh that feel basically becomes like takes over her da- her grandpa's job and like now designs like futuristic planes that you would see like in the 60s and 70s like all of that was was a beautiful send off, and then uh, unfortunately you never really know what happens to um, to Roscoe and Gina, but you can interpret however you want, I guess. But I did not expect to fall in love with this movie as much as I did. Yeah, this was pretty cool. Not gonna lie. 
all these Ghibli movies have been um, really well done. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I don't see the quality dropping anytime no, soon. No, like I said, we are in like the, what many consider like the golden age of, of Ghibli films. Even w- even if we didn't get all of these, a lot of people um, love these movies from like um, Kiki all the way up to uh, Spirited Away. Uh, but, okay. Um, uh, anything else to say, Tyler, before we move on? I think that's pretty much it. All right. Uh... Next week we'll be joining us uh, for our 51st episode as we will be discussing another movie we did not get till 2016, um, Ocean Waves, uh, which was uh, another one we didn't get till December of 2016. So very very similar to um, Only Yesterday. Uh, so maybe we're gonna from we went from this emotional close knit um, slice of life backstory to this high adventure movie to now this again. So we'll have to see. Uh, but where can the people find you, Tyler? You can follow me on Twitter at HeyTatai. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home with Tiger Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. And you can follow me at Twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy and uh, catch me live four times a week at Twitch.tv slash Iggy2814. I stream live four times a week there, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, roughly. And uh, and go to Charchers.com for this episode as well as our other shows, including our flagship show, the Charchers Gamescats, and the wrestling watch alongs I do with Tyler. I do with not Tyler, but uh, with Thomas. Sorry. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we will um, be back next week for more Studio Give a Goodness. Until next time, guys. Fly, boy, fly. That's all, folks. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.